Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DestralProds.com movies and television podcast. The final one of these for 2017. Hi. I'm dead. That's Caveman. Hi. Still don't have a third chair for this. Hopefully we'll have one for next year. Who the fuck knows? Well, anyway, yeah. So we're here. This is going to be our final thing. Nothing special for this because we don't do special things. We would have loved to hold off until all the things that are dropping on Friday had dropped, but I'm going on vacation and, uh, well, Dead doesn't want to spend money. so No, I can't spend money. I don't have the money. Dad doesn't want to have to beg on the streets like a homeless person to go see Star Wars. Yeah, like I have a fucking a, I I have an apartment. I live, I pay rent. Doesn't mean you can't beg. No, but it means it's a bit more embarrassing for me to beg. Ah, shame! That worthless human emotion. Oh fuck! God damn it! This fucking piece of shit. What? Okay, so I use for anybody. Just I use Audition to fucking record my podcast audio, and it has this little thing where it tracks the like actual thing that I'm it tracks it tracks the fucking like actual track, and I usually have it like zoomed in a bit so I can actually see if there are any little bits happening that's weird in the audio. But for some fucking reason, if I at all move that fucking viewer, then it just stops auto tracking. Oh yay, that's fun. So I have to have it zoomed all the way out in order to actually see what's happening, or just occasionally move the fucking viewer over, and that's just annoying as hell. Yay! Anyway. That's enough about that. Let's talk about fucking movies and TV and shit. Yay! Movies and TV and shit! Yeah, so some relatively big things in the world of television happened over the last couple weeks. They did? Yes, actually. For starters, there was the... There's the Punisher. Oh, yeah, I've had a few friends like, Oh, my God, Punisher! Oh, my God. Yeah, that's James like, for me. James just keeps... James texted me, I think, at like 3 a.m. once, all caps, Punisher Season 2 confirmed! <laughs> uh, that's our James. Yeah, and then... I'm surprised he didn't try and play a Punisher-style character. I guess he figured fantasy. I mean, Punisher's whole thing is, he's a dude with a gun. Yeah, that's true. And James, I don't think, knew that there were guns in this. I, I, uh, maybe he just wanted an excuse to have a pet rat. That is actually what he told me. Oh, Lord. Yeah, when building his character for our D&D thing that you folks at home don't know about. At least at Maybe le- at we'll least... record it someday. Maybe. But yeah, his whole thing was that, I just want to have an immortal pet rat. And I'm like, no, fucking... God damn it, James. <sighs> yes, yeah, so Punisher came out. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came back. Which was a fairly big thing, kind of for this site, because, like, Cora for a while did those weekly Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recaps uh, we, and reviews. We talked about it quite a bit. Last season was fucking great, and we fucking gushed about that every time I got the chance to with Cora. I still need to go back and watch it. And then there was Crisis on Earth X, the CW's four-show crossover event. Was it any good? Actually, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty solid. I'll get into that, I guess, later in the show, I guess. I have to wait until they release it on Netflix. 
because you're a nerd who likes to do things legally. But anyway, I guess I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> Actually, no, fuck, let's start with that then. Fuck it. I don't know. Let's, let's talk about this shit. Yo, you guys like Nazis? No. You guys like watching Nazis get got? Yes. Well, do I have a fucking crossover event for you? Yeah, so, uh, in this thing, uh, Barry and Iris, the brother and sister who nobody thinks it's weird that they're fucking, they, they're getting married. Then Nazis invade their wedding. Okay. That is something else. Yeah, so it turns out those Nazis are from Earth-53, or Earth-X, the 53rd Earth in the multiverse that is apparently so terrible it didn't get a classification uh, like every other Earth. Even though, like, this is going to sound weird, but in the cosmic sense of things, Nazis aren't that bad. No, they're not. Like, like this, this in, con- the, this, in the cosmic sense, they're not that bad. Yeah. In the, you Nazis know, are still monstrous assholes in history and on Earth. And like right now. But when now, you get to the cosmic level. Yeah, like uh, like in like in DC Comics right now, they they are doing a similar concept called the Dark Multiverse, which is there's another multiverse where everything went so horribly wrong. Batman might like their like the Dark Universe version of Batman. I think is literally Satan, or he's like some weird fucking demon thing. Point is, it is worse than just Nazis. Yeah, we had like. Okay, for before anyone thinks we're on the side of Nazis, we're not. Fuck we're Nazis. not. Fuck Nazis violently with a barbed baseball bat covered in rust and lemon juice. Fuck Nazis. Fuck Nazis. But we're talking about worlds where there are people that for fun blow up planets. Yeah. Habitate, habitat, inhabited planets. So. Yeah, and also just for fun, the Fuhrer of these of this Nazi regime that took over the world is the Green Arrow. Oh fuck! Who was married to Super? Who was married to Supergirl? The Nazi version of Supergirl. Of course. Because yeah, apparently she never. Apparently nobody ever clued her into the fact like, hey, you're foreign. Nazis aren't great about foreigners. Mm, blonde hair, blue eyes. She'll, she'll be fine. No, that, that that was actually what she said. Like her, like her whole thing is that her whole thing is that she is Aryan perfection. So why shouldn't she? So why, like, like the, the storyline for this is that they invade this world specifically to get Supergirl to so that they can take her heart out of her chest and put it into Nazi Supergirl's chest because her heart is is fucking contaminated by getting too close to the sun. Okay. And so there's a bit where fucking Supergirl debates Nazi Supergirl, who is called Overgirl because, you know, Overman, I guess. Really? Yeah. They wouldn't, like, call her whatever, like, Uber, whatever the word for female in Nazi language? Yeah, it would be Lady Ubermensch or whatever. Yeah, wouldn't be Lady Ubermensch, which would, you know, actually sound kind of cool. Yeah, also all the Nazis speak English, just like fluent English, because they're all American. Ugh. 
but also keep in mind that this is set like this is that world has been run by Nazis for as long as it's been since World War II. They wouldn't speak our language. They would speak German because the Nazis were big on national pride. In 40, in like the, it's been like 70 years, right? Since World War II. Uh, roughly. So in the 70 years, so if the Nazis had won in the 70 years since then, would American language have completely switched over to German and like everybody speaking German, flu- everybody speaking German fluently forever? No, I just think that w- there would have been a big push for them to like, for people to speak German, even in, especially in the occupied countries. I think it's like a man in the high castle kind of thing. Where like where like American Nazis are like they refer to everybody by like you know German ranks and stuff, but it is still they speak English. I think at the very least there would be a lot of German colloquialisms instead of English in general. Yeah, probably. But anywho, uh, yeah. So so Green Arrow is so Green Arrow is the fear they're fucking getting Supergirl's heart out of her chest, putting Overgirl's chest because she because she flew too close to the sun because somebody read fucking because somebody read All Star Superman was like, hey, what if that but evil? Yeah, they had this big fucking debate where, uh, well, debate of of you know fascism versus not fascism. And super, so we're and e- looking at masters of the debate. Yeah, and evil Supergirl is like is like I'm Aryan perfection. Why shouldn't I rule? Supergirl's like, but that's evil. And our girl's like, nah, fuck you. Yeah, Nazis. Yeah. yeah. Also, We're perfection, so we should rule the world, even though no one actually respects or fears us anymore. Also, for some fucking reason, Eobard Thawne, the Reverse Flash, is a still alive, b looking like Harrison Wells again, and c is working with the Nazis. The last part doesn't surprise me at all. The second part. Uh, surprises me. The first part does not surprise me at all. The third part surprises me because why would why would a scientist from the future who is specifically who specifically has hatred for one person decide to join Nazis? Uh resources. But that's not. No, like they they aren't paying him anything. They're not fucking giving him all this other shit. Also, they're on a different they're they're, on a, they're in a different universe. So when you are a time traveling super speed super genius and you need resources, is your first thought, let me jump to an alternate dimension so I can work with Nazis. Yes. Just to spite you. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't surprise me because he's evil and everybody thinks that everyone who is evil is like, oh, evil works with evil, so evil will be fine with it, even though, no. No, have have they not read the comic where the Joker met Red Skull? Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) Yeah, for those who don't know, there's a comic book where the Joker meets the Red Skull, and he's like, and the Joker like works for him, I was like, wait, you're a Nazi? And the Joker just fucking shoots him. 
Yep, it's the best thing. And Joker's like, yeah, I'm evil, but like, I'm American evil. (laughs) Even I'm not that bad. Yeah, like Joker's the agent of chaos. He don't give a fuck about racism. (laughs) I love fascism. He's pure anarchy. That is, is, like, Birdie told me about that, and then you told me about that, and every time I hear about that, I'm just like, ah, Joker. Even you hate the Nazis. (sighs) Yeah. So good. Yeah, so like this the whole the whole fucking thing is a bit weak just in terms of his justification as to who the main players there, why this is a threat, and why nobody's heard of it so far. But other than that, it's actually it was actually a pretty solid crossover event. Like they had a good you had really good character interaction between all the different uh all, all the different like groups of people. There is a there's a bit that was actually really fucking cool. To me, at least, uh, where Alex, uh, Supergirl's sister, ended up having a one-night stand at a wedding with fucking Sarah Lance. Oh, Lord. And it worked, man. Can she, like, keep, it, can she keep it in her pants for five minutes? I'm talking about Sarah, not uh, Alex. Hey, it has been a bit. It has been a time and a half since Sarah got any, man. When was the last time? Oh, yeah, because there was a smoking hot lesbian. Yeah, season one, I think. Uh, Guinevere was season two, wasn't she? She fucked Guinevere? Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, she fucked Guinevere. Okay, so twice in the course of three seasons? Like, yeah, they're going through some shit, but, like, come on, man. Somebody somebody on that ship needs to fuck, man. Nobody else is getting any. I don't know why I'm so invested in defending... Somebody having sex. And honestly, my problem isn't even that. Like, like, it's just like, it feels like every time I turn around, Sarah's flirting up some other chick. And it's kind of, it's kind of one note. You know? Well, that's, well, that's what happens when you only watch one episode every five months. Oh, uh, no. I watched both seasons in one sitting. Yeah, and that happened twice. Like I said, twice over two seasons. Yeah, she got laid twice over two seasons. And she hasn't she hit any... a lot. And the fucking, I don't know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, just, it's the CW. I guess at this point I've just kind of acclimatized myself to the CW's fucking... Everybody fucking everybody policy? Basically. Despite the fact that that, despite the fact that it still, it still pisses me the fuck off anytime they refer to Wally West as Kid Flash... Because he is in his goddamn 20s. Are you serious? Yes. I don't know why I keep forgetting that. Yeah, Wally West is three years younger than Iris and Barry. God damn it. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. Wally was actually got a, Wally actually got a really cool shot in the in the beginning of this. Like it like when when everybody first started up, uh, like going in, like the Nazis first showed up. It helped people got their hero moments. And Wally got a really fucking good one catching bullets. Cool. And he and it was also really cool because he like caught all the bullets and then chucked one of the bullets back into the barrel of the gun that was firing them. Oh man, that sounds awesome. It really was. And yeah, so along the way, uh, we also get introduced to the Ray as like as like a backdoor inter- introduction to his upcoming CWC TV series. Who? What the Ray? 
Yes, the Ray. Uh, he is a he is a man who can turn into light. Okay, I know who he is then. Yeah. Also, he was dating their version of Captain Cold. Because they're because the Earth X version of Captain Cold is gay. Are we sure that's not true for Leonard Snart as well? Uh, well, Leonard Snart is a he either he's either dead or he doesn't exist anymore. I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, I'm pretty sure that our universe's version of Leonard was Ace, but it doesn't matter. But yeah, so uh, at, at the end of the crossover event, he actually leaves. He actually leaves Nazi world to go hang out with the Legends, just cause. Oh, uh, what else is there? Oh yeah, Martin Stein died. He got shot by Nazis. Oh, so that's how he left. Yeah. Huh. The only Jewish character okay. got shot by Nazis. Ooh, I forgot about that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a way to end it. A little bit. It's also kind of weird to end it by having him kind of kill himself. What? So he got shot, but he didn't immediately die from being shot. He still he still was alive, and essentially, once they got once they got back to the legend ship, it was. Jax was essentially serving as a living life support system because they're so because they're psychic link. But okay. it was but it was killing Jax because his body couldn't handle keeping a keeping an old dying man alive. It couldn't keep two people alive. Yeah. And so earlier on in the season they started a there was a through line of of uh, everybody trying to figure out a way to split up the Firestorm Matrix while still while still having Jax be able to be with the legends because Martin wanted to go raise his grandkid with his daughter. He wanted to know, be a better husband, be a better dad, be a better granddad. Mm-hmm. So he, so, so he, along with uh, the guys at Star Labs, you know, Flash Team, they developed a little serum that, once they drank it, would sever the bond. So he drank the serum, killing yeah. himself, but saving. Yes. Damn, that old bastard's noble in his last. But he shouldn't have, shouldn't have, had, shouldn't have had to be. Like, he's, god damn it. Just let him go be a grandpa. Yeah. They had a perfectly reasonable explanation as to why he wanted to leave the team. And they had Nazis shoot him. They can't have a character just leave. But then Jack left. Like, that would be like storytelling. Yeah, but, that, but then a couple episodes later, Jax just leaves. He just he just fucking walks away. Just, just hey, Martin's dead. I'm gonna go do other stuff. Bye. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. <laughs> yeah. So Firestorm's gone, but they are gonna be having like, but now Captain Cold, well, I guess Citizen Cold is back, and they are also introducing John Constantine to the team. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it will. That is gonna be interesting. It might just be a. For those, of, for those of you who don't know, John Constantine is a giant asshole and a very potent magical practitioner. Yes, he is a warlock or something who is not allowed in either heaven or hell because he is a ba- he's too much of a bastard to go to heaven, and he has conned too many demons to be allowed into hell. He's also a chain smoker, and he murders like a bunch of children a bunch of times. 
He doesn't murder them. They okay, die in manslaughter. the line of duty. Negligent homicide at best. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you guys, if any of you had watched Arrow, he appeared in a bit of that. Uh, he was also, he also had his own series on NBC that then got got. They got, they got, they got fucking canned after a season and then had a CW Seed series, I believe. Or we'll be getting one soon. Either way, I'm not sure if he's coming in for a like couple episode arc or like a single episode thing or a or as a recurring role as a member of the team. But either way, I just kind of it's kind of fun to have like him back. I really like I really like what Legends is doing right now. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, so they are yeah. So Legends just after that, Legends started building up their own little fucking. Um, upcoming big threat with Mollus. Who? He's a fucking creature that exists outside of time, and he's voiced by John Noble. Who's John Noble voiced? Um, he was. Did you ever watch Fringe? Yes. Is he the old guy? Yes. Okay. I lo- I like him. Yeah. He's got a good voice. Oh, and Damian Dark is back, and he is fucking amazing. He is just so much fun. I fucking love that character. I love Neil McDonough as that character. Also, he introduced his kid, because he has a daughter, who is played by the Adam's wife. Lovely. Yeah, and so Damien Dark is going around using magic stones to time travel people in order to build up an army for Mollus, which now includes Vixen's sister. I guess the... Oh, I guess Vixen's... Yay. Well, actually, technically Vixen's granddaughter. What? So, Vixen from the CW Seed series and who was on Arrow... It's her sister, but the vixen who even following a legend tomorrow, it's her granddaughter. Ah, yeah. Uh, Gorilla Grodd. Always a good choice if you want someone who will be a massive asshole yeah. the entire time. Yeah, uh, Damien Dark and his daughter, and then the interdimensional being called Mollus. Essentially a new Legion of Doom that involves way more time travel through magic, I guess. I approve. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just hope they don't pull the magic is technology that we don't understand yet bullshit again. Uh, no, they don't. It is straight up magic. Okay, good. Cause that yeah, always... like they like they go to hell. Uh, they like like Damien Dark gets his gets his fucking powers from a totem pole. Okay. The things they use to tell the things they use to time travel are literally rocks. Like it's just straight up a stone that has it that has like a symbol carved in it, and then it, and it glows bright and they disappear. Okay. And then John Constantine is still just he's still just Constantine. There is no fucking there's no fucking weird tech shit in it. He just I'm gonna sit here, roll my eyes back, speak some weird Kandarian shit, and then all of a sudden magic happens. They've been they've been very much about the magic is real, deal with it kind of thing. Uh, don't watch Arrow because fuck Arrow. <laughs> Supergirl, I that is a bit, an opinion that I support. Supergirl, I've fallen a bit behind beyond, and Flash is actually doing really well. Like it's Flash is a lot of fun. Uh, they've gotten back to like season one level of quality. I think we have a villain who's actually an interesting villain, not just another fucking evil speedster. <gasps> Yeah. Is it the turtle? Nope, it's the thinker. Aw. 
My favorite Flash villain is the turtle. Yeah. And the Thinker's just like a lot of... The Thinker's a kind of cool villain. Especially when, especially when you consider that his wife, who doesn't have any powers, is on a... As like, You know how Cisco is like... It's like some weird like tech wizard who can like make gold out of nothing. No, I stopped watching the Flash. Well, Cisco was a weird tech wizard who could make gold out of nothing. Okay, like like Golden Glider when they introduced her, he she needed a gun, so he made a gun that shoots gold. Just it fabricates and then shoots gold. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the Thinker's wife is like on that level to a to like a couple degrees higher, I think. Cool. Yeah, because like the whole backstory of the Thinker is that he was the Thinker was a teacher. He was a university student. He was a university professor uh, who just couldn't reach the kids nowadays. And it Those wasn't that darn kids nowadays. Well, that's the thing. He didn't actually blame the students. He kind of blamed himself for not being smart enough to be able to relay the information to them, like in a way that interests them. Mm, cool. I already like this villain. Yeah, so he and his wife uh, concoct a plan to use the particle accelerator to increase his intelligence infinity fold. Okay. And their plan works. I like, th- I like this villain. But he gets too smart and gives himself super ALS. ALS. Yeah, ascent- yeah so, so... I so- don't remember what those stand for. So ALS, um, I believe it's also called Lou Gehrig's disease, is just it's just a thing where like your body just starts fucking breaking down around you. Okay. Yeah, and so what? Oh, so, so like that super scientist from that episode of Dexter's Lab. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yes, yeah, like he is so smart that his brain require that his brain requires more energy than his body's capable of producing. So it begins sucking energy from the rest of his body, and it causes him to have like fucking seizures. It causes him like be able to unable to move his arms. He gets in the fucking wheelchair. So then he and his wife concoct this fucking giant ass plan to to like get Barry out of the speed force because he was the speed force because of fucking stupid shit that happened last season. Uh, build a new fucking contingent of metahumans, capture one of the metahumans, and then transfer and then transfer his mind into that guy's mind because he has psychic powers which make him capable of whole, of withstanding this guy's fucking massive intellect. Hmm. It's like a, it's like an actual That's big thing. It's like an actual it's, a, it's an actual like big fucking multi-stage plan that is not just I hate you Barry because of this that or the other thing. Like it is it is like motivation and plot stuff that is totally independent of the flash existing kind of they just need the flash because well he is the catalyst basically and yeah like he's all he's also just like a really fun villain to kind of like talk to and stuff like there was a point in uh one of the episodes where they were kind of like gaslighting barry uh making him believe that uh making him believe that like he, they, they found they found like they found him, his name was his name is Clifford DeVoe, real name. Found him, went to go talk to him. Everybody else is like, "How could he possibly be a supervillain? He's a dude in a wheelchair." And the Barry's like, "No, he's fucking evil. I know it. I can feel it in my bones." <laughs> okay. Get to the end of the episode, and that's resolved. Okay. It lasted like half. It lasted like half an episode, and everybody just bought into it super fine. Just totally fucking 
no nobody's like, hey, maybe you're just lying. Because Barry is Jesus. And so at that point, they name him the thinker, and they cut over to the thinker in his fucking secret lair. And, like, and his wife's like, are you sure those things are going like this? Are these things are going the right way? It's like, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like, in one of those things, like, in one of the fucking um, permutations of of this fucking, of these interactions that lay, played out in my head, in a couple of them, they named me the teacher, but I like the thinker better. Which, I just like that, I, I delivered the line terribly, but I just kind of like that line of just him kind of leaning into this idea of him being like an actual fucking villain with a stupid code name given to him by some fucking dork. <laughs> yeah, it all fucking works. This the Flash is kind of back to being really good again. Then I'll have to pick up at this last season cuz you filled me in on everything I needed to know so far. Yeah, it's fucking fine. Don't worry about it. You can just skip season 3. It's trash. Anyway, yeah, so that crossover event was pretty good. <laughs> Somehow we got off of it, but we're back on it now. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, then uh, speaking of new seasons of stuff, S.H.I.E.L.D. is back and weirder than ever. If you didn't think that was possible, well, comic books are weird. Yeah. So, what do y'all think about time travel? Depends on how it's executed. Usually I get pissed, but Legends has done it well enough that I didn't get mad. This one is... So with S.H.I.E.L.D., they've gotten into time travel now, where the Kree have sent the have sent the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 90 years into the future after Earth got blown up. Oh, yay. So yeah, it starts out with... The, the season starts out kind of where uh, last season ended with the agents in the diner. Hanging out, just eating fucking pie, and then them getting, like, frozen in place and taken. Uh, turns out they were taken in order to be get, in order to be brought to a white version of the weird obelisk thing that teleported Simmons into space. So they, so they could be teleported into the future. Where the remnants of humanity live on a Kree space station. And have to follow their weird fucked up rules. Because that's all that's left to humanity. Because Earth is... Earth is essentially one continent in an asteroid field. Sheesh. With strong implications that it is Quake who caused all of it. So, white is for time, gray is for space? Is that what I'm to understand here? What we've been given... With the information we've given so far, yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that part was clear. Yeah. And so yeah, it's just so far it's just the it's just a uh, fucking the Ages of Shield. Uh specifically it is Coulson, Quake, Mac, Yo-Yo, and Simmons and May. They left everybody else back on Earth in the past. Yes, yeah, so I it don't is, recognize some of these names. <laughs> yeah, so it is them, that that kind of core group of people, um, being on this space station <clears throat> hanging out. Trying to trying to figure out what the fuck happened, how to get back, and how to survive in this really fucked up fucking you know sci fi future dystopia. I know this that is that this isn't what they're truly trying to do, but this is how you set up a ship in a bottle storyline. 
Like, goddamn. Yeah, this maybe, is right. So for, maybe for the folks who don't know what Ship in the Bottle story is. Okay, so a Ship in the Bottle story arc is, oh shit, we've gone over budget, we need a way to save the budget. Oh, I know, let's do an episode or a couple of episodes where our characters are trapped in an isolated location, and we only ever show anything outside of that location in stock footage. Yeah, this ain't that. This looks like to be this looks to be like about as expensive or like as effects heavy as the fucking Ghost Rider shit. Well, no, my thing is like this is a good setup for one. It doesn't actually have to be that way, but it's a good setup for one. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I get it. Like you. we we all our shooting is literally in this abandoned city that we're using. So we don't have to spend any money on any sets or anything. We're avoiding all of the big budget blowouts. That's we're, what this is. Yeah, whereas That's with this, what, they actually just fucking spent the money on the big budget blowout shit. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. This is this is weird and kind of ambitious, I think. Of just, hey, let's let's literally destroy the world and see what we can do with it. But this does feel like a final season, kind of like break glass in case of emergency style story. Well, it might be that they're planning on wrapping up. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, that's all I really got to say about it right now, uh, because I actually have some technical issues over here right now, so we'll be taking a quick break, and we'll be right back, everybody. All right, back, everybody. Hopefully, what I did fixed the problem. If not, then just, like, fuck me. But not like the Nazis. No. You want to fuck him gently because you might kill him. I'm already dead. Anyway. So, let's move on to the final big thing for TV. The Punisher. Have you seen The Punisher, Caveman? Nope. I haven't seen most of the Marvel TV shows because in all honesty, I'm starting to get a little fed up with Marvel. Okay, then. This is the third best Marvel TV show from Netflix. Very specifically, the third best Marvel Netflix series. Right behind Daredevil and right ahead of Luke Cage. Is for anybody curious, uh, my rating for Marvel stuff goes, uh, Marvel Netflix stuff goes Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage, then way below Luke Cage, the Defenders, and then way below the Defenders, Iron Fist. He he doesn't like Iron Fist. It's like dog shit at all. <laughs> he has he has a very negative opinion of Iron Fist. Yeah, the Punisher is like pr- really solid. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad uh, to hear it. That that must make James happy. James would be happy if it was like James would be happy if it was dog shit. Yeah, but this way you can't constantly tell him the show is dog shit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And we would. We're those kinds of people. Yep. We're those kind of friends. We're like, dude, dude, stop. This is for your own good. Yeah, it's terrible. You can't watch Please it. just give you up. Can't watch Pun- <laughs> you can't watch Punisher anymore. No more. But yeah, it is a it is surprisingly focused on like soldiers reintegrating with society and PTSD. Like, I know that that's like all, kind of like the undercurrent of a lot of Punisher shit, but it's weird to have that come out and be like actual text in a series. 
because like multiple characters in this are former like are like war vets who who were like used to be in fucking castles unit or whatever. Um, there are multiple scenes that take place in like a in, like a former soldier support group. Cool. And there's a whole plot line about one character not being able to reintegrate and becoming a horrible, insane gunman who's like bombing people because of right because of right wing propaganda. That's the weakest element. So I guess uh, so setup wise, it takes place um a a few months after the events of Daredevil season two. Like Daredevil season two happened, and then he retires. Retires from being the Punisher for a while. Uh, just kind of goes to being a fucking he go he goes to being a construction worker, and eventually he starts being getting drawn back into it by uh, like finding out that things finding out like the things that happened uh, the thing, the people that killed his family and the people behind it all are still out there doing stuff. He gets contacted by a guy called Micro. Who is a former NSA analyst who got fucking burned by trying it's to send not out a th- joke about his penis? Uh, no, it was actually because of the Punisher shit. Because of what the Punisher did in Afghanistan, he got burned. And yeah, then he then he had to fake his own death in order to keep his family alive, in order to keep his family safe. Mm-hmm. And now he's living in a basement with computers. Uh, and then there's also a some kind of federal agent, either like FBI or like Department of Homeland Security or like state some some kind of like relatively important government level agent, Fed Fed kind of thing. And she is trying to investigate uh, the death of her partner uh, to the detriment of herself. Uh, uh, she is investigating the death of her partner to the detriment of herself, her current partner. And law enforcement as a whole, kind of. Oh yay! So nobody likes her. Yeah, like she, like she is like she finds out about the conspiracy and then then it's just like I just want to find out who killed my partner. I don't give a fuck about the other shit. Like like her kind of like solving the case or whatever is incidental to her finding out what happened to her partner. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah, and it wasn't like a oh, they were together kind of thing, so she has like personal stakes. It's just no, he was my partner there. He died. I'm mad about it. Wow, that's kind of lame. Yeah, she's not great. And this is the third best. Yeah, like like I like let's talk about like the big problems about it that I that I have. Uh like rest of it is actually really solid. Like like um, you know, John Bernthal is great as Frank Castle. Uh, a really, a really good relationship develops between a him and Micro over the course of the series, where they actually develop as close to a real friendship as Frank Castle can have. Uh, it's really cool, just kind of like seeing him interact with all the old, all the old, all the old war buddies, and like seeing people treat him like a person. Like I, I, I always say this, and I, I always say this, like kind of as a joke, but the Punisher is a dude with a gun. That's not a joke. That is who he is. Yeah, and so having so having moments of him being an actual person works better for me than him being an unstoppable murder machine. 
Well, there's always the time you turn black. That was uh, that. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, we so we get to see more of uh, Frank Castle in his time in Afghanistan. We get to see him interacting with um, interacting with a couple other fucking war vets from his unit. Um, one of them ends up turning out to be Jigsaw, not from cool. Saw. Jigsaw, the Punisher villain. The difference is, you know, one's obsessed with puzzles; the other one just cunts puzzle pieces out of flesh. Uh, no, I'm. I don't actually know the difference. <laughs> I don't read Punisher. <laughs> yeah, so so Jig, so Jigsaw, the reason he's called Jigsaw is because he used to be really pretty, but then the Punisher threw him through a pane glass window and it fucked up his face. So there's no puzzles involved. No, he's called Jigsaw because his face looks like it was fucking stitched together using Jigsaw pieces because it's just all kinds of fucked up horrible shit happening. That sucks. Boo. I don't like this character anymore. Yeah, meanwhile, this Jigsaw uh, got his face dragged across a broken merry-go-round mirror. Okay. Yeah. They, they, That's uh, one way to scar your enemies forever. Yeah, they got into a big old fucking fist fight on the merry-go-round where his family died. And then, and then Frank just fucking, like, punches his face into a mirror and then drags his face across the broken glass as he's screaming. Here we go round the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush. <laughs> yeah, so we learn more about the big fucking conspiracy happening around fucking soldiers bringing heroin into the states through fucking dead veteran bodies. You know that? Ah! Yeah, that happened in Daredevil season two. That was why Frank Castle's family got got. Ah! Did you not know that? No! Why would you... Because ah! money. They wanted to get paid. Ah! Yeah, so we learn more and more about people, the people who were behind that, what that was involved, how that all fucking came about. Uh, I'll try not to get too deep into spoilers despite the fact that I spoiled some stuff already. Uh, over the course of the series, Frank uh, begins inserting himself and developing a relationship with Micro's family, including his wife. So he's inserting himself into Micro's wife. Uh, no, she wants him to, but he doesn't. <laughs> because, you know, he's fucking, he's the Punisher. In the bedroom. No. I just love the exasperation in your voice. No. <laughs> just <laughs> Just like I know I know people are into their own stuff, but like if you're in the bedroom with a dude with a gun <laughs> I think you have problems there. Anywho. Yeah, so, so we get so we get to see that and um one of my favorite things with like war stuff. Well, okay, so one of my least favorite things with war stuff is just the, or like tragedy stuff, is when people have the nothing but purely idyllic memories of their fucking loved ones when they're dead. Oh, yeah, that's always annoying. And for a Especially while... Especially when it's just one memory over and over again. Yeah, and like, for a while, that's what this was. Like, it was just kind of like him having just fucking memories of, oh, his family is hanging out, laughing, smiling. 
they're spinning around in a circle in a park somewhere where there's soft focus on. Everybody's fucking great. And there was also uh, another thing that they kept coming back to of like him having just come home from fucking war, waking up, having his wife greet him and being and being basically an angel before some dude comes in and shoots her in the fucking head. But one of my favorite things with tragedy stories is when the veneer gets pulled back on that shit. <coughs> and we get to see what fuck and we get to see what really the fuck happened. And we get to see that twice. Once with his kids and once with his wife. And it is fucking great. I goddamn love that shit. Like uh with his kids, he's hanging out with the son and daughter. Um the daughter's being totally cool. The son's being a bit of a shit. Then the son is racist towards fucking Middle Eastern people. So Frank almost snaps and almost breaks his kid's arm. Well, shit. And yeah, it's it was a real intense moment, but it was also a very real moment. Instead, instead of his kids just being like these laughing fucking perfect little shits, they're actually little shits. In like a way that I would expect kids to be because like his kids, I feel like we're young enough to not really understand that racism is bad. Especially because like they're from a time when that didn't need to be explained. Which is, I made myself sad by reminding myself that now I need to be like actively and I need to like actively tell people that racism is bad. No, you have to actively tell assholes that racism is bad. No, I'm talking about like children who don't have a concept of racism. Yeah, them too. Yeah, like like in like in in the past, it was just. If kids spend enough time with other people who weren't fucking racists, they would realize that racism is bad. Now they need to be told. Fuck, that's sad. Why don't you talk about heroin and soldier bodies to, make you, to cheer yourself up? That'll make you feel better, won't it? I don't think it was, I don't think they were actually stuffed with heroin. I think that I think that I think I don't think it was like a fucking like mule kind of situation. I think it was just. Their coffins came back, and the coffins are like a false bottom filled with her- full of heroin. Heroin and soldier bodies. And the last kind of thing that happened with uh with like breaking the veneer of that is with the wife, because we see that scene in the bedroom like over and over and over and over and over again. And then, when, and then as we get closer to the end, we actually see what actually happened in this situation. And it is very much real. Like I said, it is about. This series is about fucking soldiers and them not being able to reintegrate themselves into not war society. And that's what that scene is. Just this kind of like really perfect thing that makes Frank Castle a person. Kind of more so than a lot of other shit that we've seen so far. I, I have to ask, was she cheating on him? No. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no, she was. She was just having some fucking stress because her husband came back from war and he was the punisher. It's such a fucking cliche. Oh, I was away at war and you slept with my best friend. Yeah, there was none of that. I know that actually happens, yeah. but I fu- I'm sick of it. Every soldier thing I've watched where the guy came back from war. Oh, you slept with my best friend. That that didn't happen. That doesn't happen in this at all. Like a lot of the soldier Best stuff is a bit more friend. like like a lot of the soldier stuff is more psychological than 
it, it's, it's a lot more psychological problems than dealing with fucking than dealing with cheating spouses or whatever. Good. Like at the start of it, like uh, one of like the character who eventually turns into a fucking bomber because of right wing propaganda. That whole thing starts out with him having fucking PTSD memories and act and almost shooting his dad. Like he's like he's in bed having a nightmare about war. Then his dad comes downstairs, surprising him, and he's still in fucking fight mode. So he pulls a pistol off from under his bed and almost shoots his dad in the face. So then he goes. So then he goes into the backyard and digs himself a fucking foxhole to sleep in. Which that's that's good. That's an actual fucking thing. That that is a. I don't know if that actually happens, but that seems like a. It seems like a realistic and at the very least, or at the very least, like actual dramatic thing to have happen to a character. And yeah, that guy just kind of like spirals down and down until eventually he is just this fucking caricature of what people think happens to veterans. Yeah, I wish I could talk about this more, but I don't have anybody else to talk about with because Caveman busy doing other things, I guess, like, I don't know, wedding stuff. Yeah, trying to marry the love of my life. Yeah, stuff like that. You fucking nerd. Anyway, I heard TV stuff. Uh, Movie-wise, I watched The Breakfast Club. Really? First time I've seen it. Really? Yeah. Okay. That movie goes places I was not expecting. Just like, wow. It kind of gets dark. Yeah. The fucking one of the joke characters tried to kill himself. Yeah. That movie isn't a joke. No, it's it is not. Like it is a really fucking dark. Like it is kind of, like it is a comedy. It does have like funny moments and stuff, but it is also just like heavy. Like I did not expect Judd Nelson to have that fucking tragic a backstory for his character. <laughs> Or that he would act it out like that. Like, that was a... Judd Nelson might be a really good actor. I don't know whether that's an insult or a compliment. That is a compliment, because, like, all I've seen him in is... All I've seen him in are guest spots on Psych. Okay. Where he was playing, like, a... Where he was playing a scientist who wanted to measure Gus's head. So I couldn't exactly gauge whether he was a good actor or not. And then I got this, and I watched this, and I had the fucking scene of him, of him reenacting his dad beating him and burning him with cigarettes. Okay. Did you forget that was in the movie? I did. I did forget that was in the movie. Yeah, there's a, there's a point in there where he's like making fun of uh, the fucking nerd. The brain, I guess, or the fucking whatever the whatever the fuck his stereotype name is. It's Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, he just like I'm making fun of him and how and what happens when his like, like fucking family comes home. And he starts like doing like a one man fucking fifties Leave It to Beaver style fucking family shit. And he's like, "Hey, want to see what my family's like?" And then he d- and then he does his own reenactment of his dad calling him a piece of shit and telling him to go fucking die, and then rolling up his sleeve to show the cigarette burns. Yeah, fuck. I forgot about that. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, Emilio Estevez has like no personality and can't say no to anybody and just does whatever he's told. At least I didn't start this by saying, yeah, no, this doesn't have anything dark in it. This isn't a serious film. No, I knew it was serious. I just didn't know how fucking serious. God damn. Yeah. Um, Molly Ringwald has just all kinds of weird pressures from everybody outside of her fucking, from everybody in her fucking life to do, to like be, to be all this fucking perfect shit and just doesn't want to do any of that. And then the mediocre Power Rangers film copied a lot of the elements from this movie. Yeah, it did. And then also there is uh, Ali Sheedy, who is just the best. Around. Yeah, she's the crazy one. She's the one who does like a very detailed sketch of a fucking snowy bridge and then shakes her hair all out to put dandruff on it to make it look like snow. I've done that. She's the one. She's the one who eats like mayonnaise, Captain Crunch and sugar sandwiches. Yeah, it's just gross. She's the one who didn't even go to the. She's the one who didn't even have detention. She just kind of showed up. I actually have done that too, but I had reasons for it. Like, one of my friends was in detention, and I just showed up to hang out with him because the teacher who was in charge of the detention just didn't give a shit. This teacher very (laughs) much does give a shit. He oh yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I love the janitor. Like the janitor might be one of my like my favorite non Breakfast Club characters because he is he knows what the deal is. Like there's a point where uh, the teacher and the janitor are just kind of hanging out talking, and the teacher's like, and teacher is like talking about kids these fu- fucking kids these days, man. You know, being the older generation saying about how fucking the new generation they're just garbage. Like like back in my day, people were respectful. People would like if I was a teacher back then, I'd be fucking well liked by everybody. And the janitor's like, you fucking dumbass. That's not how this works. Because the janitor fucking knows, dude. Jander is the fucking most cognizant goddamn character in that fucking movie. Yeah. It's good. It is a very good movie, in my opinion. It really is. It's just. I feel like this might. I feel like this is only because I kind of relate to this guy, but. The brain or fucking whatever. He just got shafted. Like, I know. I knew. I knew it was going to happen. I fucking. Knew the second I looked at the poster it was going to happen. But just that guy, that kid is all this pressure on to the point where he wants to kill himself. And that's it. That's his whole thing. Just everybody else is like, everybody else fucking like pairs off and has like some emotional support from getting into a relationship at getting into a relationship through fucking this. And then he's just, and then what he gets is he gets to write everybody's essay. That's all bad for him. Trust me, I get that. Yeah. I don't remember him that clearly, but I get that, especially because, well, being a nerd, I totally Yeah, we are that, that guy. Like, I was never enough of a pushover to actually write everyone else's essay. But I've been in the situation where it's like, all right, I'll cover for you guys while you go have fun. Well, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like here. a. It wasn't like a pushover thing. It was more of like a. He's the smart one, so he writes the single essay for all five of them. 
Because that's, that's what he did. He wrote one thing, essentially, telling the teacher, hey, go fuck yourself. We're not going to fit into your box, man. That's where the Breakfast Club name is dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, Breakfast. Yeah, it's a Breakfast Club. It's a fucking good movie, turns out. It's a classic for a reason. Yes, Who it is. Knew? It really is. Oh, and Nate. it... It works. It like even today, it still holds up. Like with with a lot of those like John Hughes and eighties movies, there's always the worry of it being really dated. But this, no, it still fucking holds up. Like a lot of what it says is still still has the weight that it had back in the day. And yeah, it's Breakfast Club. It, check it out. It's on Netflix, I guess. It's worth a watch. If you've never seen it, it's worth a watch. If you've seen it and you're like me and you've forgotten most of it, it's worth watching again. That's what I'm going to go do probably over the next week. (laughs) And then finally, I saw the new It. Have I talked about that yet? Uh, I don't think so. Or maybe you did. I I know I talked to Birdie about it. I've seen it, so I can talk about it. Yeah, so It was okay. Just kind of okay. Yeah. I was bored of it about 20 minutes before the end. So instead of actually watching the ending, Birdie and I just got up and left to go play uh, video games. (laughs) We were like, eh, I've already been spoiled on the ending. I don't care enough. It'll probably get recapped in the next it, which I'll have to go see. Fuck it. Also, Let's go home and play EDF. Also, can you really spoil the ending to a movie that is technically a, that is a adaptation of a book that came out in the 80s from a movie that was already adapted to a movie that people have already seen? Well, it could have been... Um, they could have... Um, ah, they could have actually adapted the book. <laughs> oh. No, they couldn't have. Yeah, they couldn't really. And I mean that as like a cynical Hollywood is made up of retards people kind of thing, but also because the book had that child orgy. Yeah, that's the part I was talking about. That's the ending I was talking about. Yeah, that no, that 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 will never be in any adaptation. They could have adapted the book. That would have actually shocked me. Like that would have made me go, okay, maybe I need to. I don't need to watch this, but. I definitely need to give this movie props for having the balls to do that. Because I was just like, put on some fucking swimming trunks during the swimming scene. Because it's awkward to be forced to yeah, stare to, to at be children to watch... in their underwear. Yeah, that is awkward. That is... It feels like a none crime. Of them, none of them were old enough for me to not feel massively uncomfortable about that. Yeah. Especially because they were all wearing tidy whities the most awkward underwear. Get some fucking boxes, bitches. Mm. A little bit of freedom goes a long way. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so yeah, like, kind of my main problem with the movie is that I think it it has the elements of a really good horror movie and a really good coming-of-age story. But doesn't work them to... But doesn't fit them together at all. 
like a lot of like a lot of the shit with uh like Pennywise him being just him just trying to be creepy. I think that works. There's a lot of like really good horror imagery in this, and the kids are all really good actors, and they all work really well off each other as just having of just being like, hey, we're kid friends coming of age. Like they're they could be in a Stand by Me style movie and be fucking fantastic in it. Oh, I thought they were absolutely marvelous. Uh, except I fucking hated it. Okay. I abhor coming of age movies because they're all the fucking same. Ooh, life is hard and bullies are making life even harder. And school is making it even harder. And this attractive girl is making me harder. Ooh, what will I do? Ooh. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, let's have a montage and actually be, you know, like normal people. You know, actually develop past their one note character traits. Ooh. Yeah, that's fair. I hate coming of age stories. Stand by, me, Stand by me is really good. Yeah, and that was the only one. Every other <laughs> coming of age story was either crap or trying to be like Stand by Me, so I've already seen it. Fair. Yeah, like th- those 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 things work well together. It's just trying to put them. Those things work well separate. Trying to put them together is where things kind of fall apart because. It always feels like a really jarring switch. Like somebody like pulled a lever, pulled a lever with an audible clunk, switching over from fucking coming of age to horror movie. Well, my favorite part is the horror. <laughs> like there, it is hard to scare me. It is actively hard to scare me. It's hard to creep me out. The only thing that most horror movies manage to do is they go ew. Like that's the only thing that really gets me, or a jump scare. You know breaking all of my tension and making me feel annoyed. Uh-huh. Like those are the two options with most horror movies. This one I was genuinely like, oh, "Okay, that's kind of creepy." I know what's about to happen, but that's creepy. Uh, anything specific? Um, creepy lady out of the painting. Yep. Okay. That one was good. Um the leper Oh, I yeah, actually le- completely, the, the I completely disagree with the nostalgia critic on the leper, and I think he can go lick an asshole because that thing was fucking scary and gross. I oh, am yeah, a germaphobe. Like, oh, no thanks. I'm you. not a germaphobe. I'm just kind of freaked out by like weird body horror shit. That thing was creepy, and the nostalgia critic was wrong for saying that it wasn't creepy. Oh no, yeah, and like I think that was like one of the more creepy elements because it looked too plausible it looked like that could just be some gross ass homeless dude yeah so this like, idea of that fucking of the, like the the idea of like running into that fucking thing no it's a person but i'm calling it a thing because get fucked well it was it so it was technically a thing i know what i'm saying the idea of running into the real life version of it just that is something that is just genuinely terrifying I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, and like just I, oozing on me and trying to get something out of me. Yeah, and at like, least try and make yourself look passable when you're going to beg for money. And a lot of the shit with like Georgie too, like 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 uh, Pennywise turning into Georgie. I think that worked really well. Oh yeah, Birdie was like saying like, "No, that's stupid looking." I was like, "No, that's actually creepy," because one of his big things is he lost his brother. Yeah, and so, see, so well, turning Ace, into his yeah, brother so, and being a pu- making him into a puppet, ugh. Yeah, and then especially 
the thing, the thing that really stuck out to me for that one was after he did the fucking bolt gun in the head. Just like, just like remembering just seeing that fucking kid there with the like fucking bullet hole sized thing in his head. And he starts spasming and screaming. The part that actually killed that for me was the run. Well, no, no, it, what, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that team. I'm talking about, like, at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like Pennywise good... himself was one of the weaker aspects of the horror, because he is too... Like, neither, neither of the versions of It have really done Pennywise, I think, the way he should be, based on what I've heard of him, based on what I heard of the character. Because, like, Tim Curry, he's too much of a real clown. Yeah. He was, like, they've both gone too far in either direction. Yeah, Tim Curry was very much the real clown who would then switch over to having weird, weird fucked up teeth. He was, he was funny, he was approachable, he was, like, he was able to play the clown really well. But then you go over to Bill Skarsgård and his clown, and no matter what he's doing, he looks like he wants to, like, rape your soul. I truly look forward to the the next one. And I say this because... That one might just be scary. Yeah, they don't have to do any fucking coming of age bullshit, which means they can focus on the scary. Yeah, and adults are harder to scare for than kids, so it might actually be genuinely scary. Yeah, and I'm really excited for that option because I like being scared. I am hoping I that they go I, into the really super fucked up meta shit that Stephen King did at the end of that story. <laughs> The world turtle. Yeah, yeah, just fucking whoever's playing Bill just has a vision of a fucking world turtle telling him about the fucking ritual of Chud to go kill this fucking giant spider. <laughs> yeah, I hope they. I, I I like I like when movies do hardcore adaptations, especially of terrible books. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it's terrible. Some of the elements of it are are terrible, like the child orgy. Yep. But yep. Yep, 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 yep. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Yeah, this, like, this, that's this, what that movie did. It made me want to see the sequel. I don't want to see the kids. I want to see the adults. Even though the kids were pretty well acted. Oh yeah, the kids were fucking really well acted. I'm looking forward to fucking like like, like outside of fucking Finn Wolfhard because we already knew he was fucking good from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. They got they managed to get a cast of like really well acted kids. And um, so I want to see where this goes. I want to see. I want to see like a. I want to see where. I want to see like a. The next movie and how that happens. And B. I want to see these fucking kids' careers. I want to see where they go from here. Because like Finn's got the fucking Stranger Things parachute until he fucking hits puberty and things get weird. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see the. I want to see what happens to the other kids. Because, because like I watched, a, I watched a, some of the like behind the scenes stuff and like the featurettes that were released leading up to the movie release, and those kids are fucking actors. Like, you, like you listen to them talk about their roles, they talk about them like they are fucking. They talk about the, they talk about their roles and the act of acting like they've been acting for fucking thirty years. Which is really interesting to me. I. I kind of like that. Just as a person outside of everything, I like this idea of just super serious child actors, but not like but not like super serious to the point of being like assholes. Like they are actor, they are actors. 
As someone who has been an actor for years, I love hearing, you know, yeah, these people are actually like trying. They care. Yeah, <laughs> they, the, yeah. This like, was not. Whenever, whenever I see a child actor and it's like, no, give me back Teddy. I think back to my first time on stage and I've been like, motherfucker, <laughs> I had no training and I'm better than you. Go to hell. Yeah, these kids put in work. They tried. They are actively trying to be for reals these actors. And I really appreciate that. Huh. <sighs> anyway, yeah, it so The Losers Club will return in it chapter two, coming out next year, baby. Who the fuck knows? I don't. I mean, that's what I got. My turn! I actually watched things! Yay! Okay, well, first I have to retract an earlier statement that I had made about a show. And what was that? In the past, I had said that I hated Bob's Burgers, it was just dumb, etc., etc., etc. I have watched more of Bob's Burgers because my fiancé actually enjoys the show, and while most of the humor is a miss for me, there are several moments that I have to admit are quite funny. While I don't always appreciate the setup for the joke, the payoff is usually very, well, entertaining. It pays off. So, I have to give Bob's Burgers a... Well, recommend recommendation. You should if you if you are at all interested in that kind of humor, and honestly, honestly, in, in some levels, the original Simpsons kind of humor, you should go look up Bob's Burgers. Okay, it's it's actually entertaining. I don't enjoy it over the over the whole because I think you know taking an entire episode to set up a joke sometimes just isn't worth it. And, like, about half the episodes I've watched are like that. It is taking up half the episode for a joke that just wasn't worth it. But, when they hit, they hit. And I have found myself enjoying quite a few episodes. Um, my personal favorite episode is The Cow. There okay. is an episode where some vegan asshole is trying to make Bob feel bad for selling burgers. And, like, literally, at the beginning, I had to turn it off because I could not stand listening to that vegan asshole talk. <laughs> and at the end, there's a cow makeout scene, and I'm laughing. And I just don't get it. I don't know why I was laughing, but I was enjoying myself. So, I haven't watched a lot of Bob's Burgers. I've watched maybe, like, one or two episodes here or there. Have they done any references to Archer? I don't know. I've only watched five or six episodes. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, H. John Benjamin, the guy who voices Bob and Bob's Burgers, also voices Archer on the FX series Archer. Which I will be watching because I liked Bob's Burgers, so I might as well give Archer a try. Yeah, Archer's way better than Bob's Burgers. And how do you, how do you know you've only watched one episode of Bob's Burgers? I said I've watched a few episodes. I haven't watched... Oh. Like I've watched a few episodes, I haven't watched enough to actually get like a full-on opinion of the series. But I've watched a few episodes of Bob's Burgers. I've watched way more of Archer. I've watched like fucking five seasons of like or like I've watched almost every season of Archer. 
Oh god, I hope no one listen. Oh, I hope none of the guys listen to this recording because then I'll be stuck watching Archer every time we hang out. But yeah, and then there was an episode of Archer where Archer became Bob. Okay. Like it, it was the same animation for Archer, same everything as Archer. It's just he was in Bob's Burgers. Okay. That's interesting. Well, they're both they're both technically Fox series cuz FX is a Fox company, right? Um maybe. I could sworn now I'm going to Google that. And I'm double checking. All right. Owned by 21st Century Fox, yes. Okay. So I they feel can like, get away with that. Okay, yeah, that, that's why they did it then. But yeah. Archer's really good, you guys. Um, My personal favorite character is Bob in Bob's Burgers because he is the perpetual straight man. He'll tell a joke or two, but everything around him is just so bum fucking sane that he is the straight man. He is the he is the guy who the joke's always on. And it's 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 just good. It's like the way he the way his character plays it, the way he plays it, he handles it really well and I'm I thoroughly enjoy Bob. Everybody else I have issues with. <laughs> Um, the teenage daughter is way too obsessed with sex. Um, it's literally all she thinks about most of the time, and we do get to see in her head from time to time. So, yeah. <laughs> but, well, like, that's how teenagers are. Yeah. I'll admit, when I was a teenager, literally every other thought was, I want to stick it in something. I want to stick it in something. Hey, you think if I stuck my dick in this flat? You think I you think if I stuck my dick in this electrical outlet, it would hurt or it would feel good? Probably feel good. Let us know. All right, I'm gonna try. Ha okay. ah, ha! Ah, I'm in the hospital. Don't try it. Don't try <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Childhood. Um, the little boy annoys the fuck out of me. Because he is what I fear my children will be like. Not what I think my children will be like, but what I fear my children will be like. Just annoying because weird I'm, assholes? Yeah, because that's what I am. I'm an annoying weird asshole, and I'm afraid that that's how my kids are going to turn out. Um, and the youngest daughter just irritates the fuck out of me. Huh, Cause like A lot of people I've talked to, a lot of people i like seen talk about the show online, she's their favorite character. She bothers me because she is just exasperation and acceleration. Oh, hey, I have a mild irritation at this character who is who I feel like is stealing my daughter from me. But mostly I just want to build a better relationship with my daughter. Okay, this my the psycho daughter has made a throwing star out of my credit card so that I can kill this weirdo. Yeah. Okay. The one thing I like that she did was uh, mess with her sister by writing messages in poop. <laughs> that was that was funny. <laughs> I, I, I could like her if it wasn't a constant, alright, let's just be weird to fuck with people. 
Because that's what it feels like she does. It feels like she's weird to fuck with people. Not weird because she's actually weird. Just weird weird to fuck with people. And that bothers me because I'm actually weird. I'm genuinely weird. And I, 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 I struggle with being weird. Because people are assholes. And they'll see me walking around in like my pajamas and be like, What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just woke up. <laughs> yeah, that's... I feel like that. I feel like that character started out with the design of the rabbit of the rabbit hat, and then just kind of they used that to base the design the character's personality. Yeah, and that's my problem with her. She she's one note. As far as I've seen her, she's one note. She might improve. Okay. However, yeah. like you said, you've only seen an five six episodes. Sitcom. This is an animated sitcom, which means it's probably not going to improve. Yep, there is no progression. Unlike Archer, which has a there's a through line through all the seasons and actually is somewhat serialized. Woo! Like there's that time their agency set, shut down, so they started selling cocaine. Not gonna ask. And then that and then that got shut down because they ran out of cocaine because either got seized by the government or one of their members ate it all. I'm not even gonna ask. Then they started a fucking private detective agency. And then got contracted by the government for CIA work. Archer is cool, guys. I really need to watch this show. You really do. I want a cheeseburger and some french fries. So do I. Alright, so... I'll have to settle for pizza. Moving on from Bob's Burgers. Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. (laughs) Right. Right, the show exists. I love it. Of course you do. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna go through what uh, why I like the show before I go into like details. But uh, all of the kids, their characters are well written, and they are, in my opinion, well acted. The voice acting can be a little eh every once in a while, but overall, I think the voice voice acting is pretty strong. Um, I think the story is pretty solid, if a little predictable. Okay, and what is the uh, story? They don't... Alright, uh, so Stretch, uh, his black friend and his Spanish friend, um, I don't remember any of their names. I, I don't even remember Stretch's real name. The only reason I remember he's Stretch is... I'm going to call them by their code names because I don't remember their real names. Uh, it's Stretch, Wingspan, and Omnimass. You could have just said that from the beginning. Yeah, but I forgot the other two's code names. <laughs> um, they're all at Genius School for the Gifted. Because Genius School for the Gifted. Yeah, because when, when I think Stretch Armstrong, I think Intelligence. Uh, <laughs> Actually, they're pretty competent. Um, but, not saying they're like, not. I'm just saying. That's actually one thing I like about the show. The kids are allowed to come up with creative but intelligent solutions to problems. Like I love that because so often is it just the blunder into lucky success. I'm a hero. <laughs> but um. They go out to parkour, wind up getting covered in this goop that gives them superpowers. 
And then they have to fight monsters that are made using similar goop that gives the monsters superpowers. Huh. And throughout the series, we have uh, two villains. Um, a doctor who created the goo that gave people superpowers. And a stretch monster who is basically the villain. Like, he's like, ah, I will fight the flex fighters at every turn and try and destroy them, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, he, they, like, the flex fighters are backed up by um, rich tech billionaire something Rook. I can't remember his proper name. Like, his last name is Rook. Jonathan Rook. Jonathan Rook, thank you. Jonathan Rook, who... He's he's a genius. He's basically taken over... He's done something that I've wanted to do if I ever got rich, which is buy up a shithole city and turn it into a bastion of, uh, you know, commerce and technology. <laughs> um, throughout the series, he gets more and more control over the city because, well, the flex fighters are actually saving the day, whereas the cops can't do anything so they're like here we'll let you have control of the city's security systems and all that stuff which is you know pretty cool oh that's weird why uh so will wheaton uh voices jonathan rook okay i knew i hated him for a reason and (laughs) i like will wheaton i'm joking and it's weird because in dark matter will wheaton plays a character who is also the ceo of a major company who was also an antagonist called alexander rook He's not an antagonist, though. He is, you know, helping them. According to this, I guess maybe spoilers. I was hoping you wouldn't spoil that, because that's not until the end of the season. Whoops, sorry. Yeah, that is the end of the season, so just ignore what Dead Man said. Um, but I will say, just... This, uh, the Stretch Monster uh, is also the final, t- is final, is the final voice role for uh, Miguel Ferrer. Oh. Yeah, it was his final television role before he unfortunately before he tragically died earlier this year. A moment of silence. Uh, if if anything, that's just another reason to go watch. Yeah. Because he turns in a great performance. Also, Gary Cole is in it as Stretch Armstrong's dad. <laughs> yeah, his dad's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because like of our... how out of the loop his father is he's funny yeah and like and uh in terms of just like main voice cast uh we got fucking so stretch armstrong is voiced by scott menville who voiced robin in the fucking teen titans cartoon great he's like he's good he sounds a little like he voices the kid the guy a little younger than i would have you know done it myself but yeah he's um, good uh Steven Yun uh, voices Wingspan. Oh, no, he's Asian, not Spanish. Or is he Spanish? Nathan, Nathan Park. I'm The character, I mean. The character's name is Nathan Park. I'm going to assume Asian. And then the last guy, um, Omnimas, whose real name is Ricardo Perez. I'm pretty sure he's at least half black. Yeah, he's voiced by a guy named uh, Ogie Banks. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at people's names. <laughs> you really shouldn't. 
<laughs> I shouldn't, because he could probably kick my ass. Yeah. And yeah, he's been he's been to a bunch of stuff. Uh, nothing really stands out as like a big role for me. Uh, like his like one of his like main credited roles is being a character called Claude Wolf in a TV series that was a spinoff of a bunch of fucking girls toys. Specifically, Monster High. Ooh, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. And also, this series is fucking. Well, I, I, I actually so. He is also. Um, he also did the voice of uh, Miles Morales and Luke Cage in Ultimate Spider-Man. But fuck that show. Just like fuck that show. And also another weird tie to Spider-Man. Apparently, this studio, or at the very least, the people involved in making the show, also did the spectacular Spider-Man. And it shows. Spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man. But no, like, so, anyway, back to, uh, like, this show is just great. Like, I was able to predict most everything, but given the amount of superhero television I've watched. And one thing about the show is it kept making me second-guess myself. Like, I was certain of something from episode one, and then episode two, I was like, nah, I'm wrong. And then episode three, I was like, wait, am I right? Then episode four, nah, I was wrong. Over and over and over again. It was infuriating. Um, (laughs) But, like, you can pretty much, like, whenever a character has a secret identity and it's like, ooh, who are they? they Like, literally, the episode before they're about to find out, when they're doing all the, well, it could be this person and this person and this person, I'm like, it's this person. It's this person. The one you're ignoring. It's this one. So I guess that means that me spoiling that thing earlier... Wasn't that big of a deal? No, it's still a big deal. <laughs> because that, like, like that's the, like, that is, no, it's a big deal. I'm not going back to that. <laughs> I assumed that, I, that, you I assumed that. that would be like a fucking episode one audience reveal. Nope. <laughs> that's the final episode. <laughs> like, we find out exactly when the Flex Fighters find out. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm the asshole. <laughs> Uh, there, yeah, there's a reason I didn't mention it outright. But one of my favorite characters is actually Jonathan Rook's assistant, um, whose name escapes me at the moment. Give me a moment. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Well, I want to talk. I want to actually speak about him. Yeah, I'll um, find his name. It's just it. I don't have anything to say about this fucking thing to fill up time. Okay, well, he is basically the, um, he's the teacher. He is the person who, well, runs Rook Unlimited. Well, he runs the security force for Rook Unlimited. And he's the one who teaches them everything. Literally, like, this is how you fight competently. This is how you do various things. Uh, Malcolm Kane? Yes. Voiced by Keith David. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, he, he damn better be. It's Keith motherfucking David, dude. He's executed very well. Uh, it's just... He has he has the best backstory too. 
out of all of them, I guess like, yeah, I grew up on the streets. I, I've done, I, I did some things that I'm not proud of, but I got past that, and I'm doing good now. I'm a part of, I'm a part of, um, I'm a part of society, and I do good things. It's just, I love it. And again. <laughs> This is all based off of Stretch Armstrong, the fucking featureless, hairless muscle man who you could pull into weird shapes. Yeah, it's so good. It's so fucking good. You would never think that, but it is so good. Oh, no. He's a scientist? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. He doesn't ever act like a scientist. He acts like a soldier. I feel like the wiki's got that wrong. But Stretch yeah. Armstrong just for long as I've fucking this, known this about Stretch show, Armstrong. This show is better than its con- base concept has any right to be. I am stating that hands down right now. You know, like, I don't understand its based concept. At, like, fucking Stretch Armstrong, to me, as long as I've known Stretch Armstrong has existed, he has made the least sense to me as a toy. <laughs> but it is such a good... Watch it. It's a short series so far. Watch it. You will thank me. If you like superhero shows, you will like this show. I promise you. Okay, I... Oh, God, this fucking thing. And now on to something that everybody's going to think I'm insane about when I say. Boss Baby was good. But that's the show, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> oh, come on, man. It was actually fun. This episode was like, brought to you by Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> it was... Boss Baby was fun. It wasn't a good... It wasn't, like... I wouldn't give it a seven or eight. I'd give it a five or a six. Well, it's also brought to like you by the hot air stores. that spews out of Alec Baldwin's fucking face. <laughs> it was a fun movie, and it was definitely a, gr- in my opinion, a good way to like, like the final scene is uh like the grown up telling this story to the little girl, and like it's like. This is how you, like, this is an okay way of showing a kid that just because, like, we have a new baby, it doesn't mean we're not going to love you just as much. (sighs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) Have you even seen it? No, why the fuck would I? It's free on Netflix! You can't judge me! (laughs) Yes, I can. No, you can't. Until you have seen it, you can't judge me. I can very easily judge you. No, you can't. And it's especially good to someone like me because I'm a reference whore. And since I'm constantly referencing a bajillion things, and this movie literally referenced, like, a bajillion fucking things. There is a scene where he's talking to Arnie Baby, and he says, put that cookie down. Cookies are for closers. I'm just like, ah, double reference. You have problems. Yes, I do. But it's not like it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Also, I just <laughs> looked it up lo- and Stretch Armstrong fucking dolls on Amazon. Minimum price forty bucks. Jesus. 
and none of them have free shipping. But yeah, boss. Oh wait, baby. sorry. One of them has free shipping, but it's not actually Stretch Armstrong. It's a weird red version of Stretch Armstrong. Oh, it's probably Omni Mass. Uh, no, it is Vac Man. What? Yeah, it's a knockoff Stretch Armstrong toy. Wow. Okay. Um, to give you a synopsis of the plot of Boss Baby, I, I like literally. I did not think I would be saying shit like this. I thought I'd be like, yeah, it was a pile of shit, and then moving on. And then yeah, it's I called watched fucking it. Boss Baby. Do you need to really say anything else? I then I watched it, and I yeah. Okay. So the the to give you a quick synopsis, baby who is part of corporate management comes to Earth to try like to, like literally up where babies are made in that magical place. Um, comes down like his plan like his whole goal is to find out what Puppy Co is about to is like about to put out. Then turns out double blind that I called. The leader of Puppy Co. is a baby that was kicked out of Baby Co. Or whatever the babies call themselves. Shocking. And yeah. It's like, the plot of the movie is not why I enjoyed this movie. Why I enjoyed this movie is because of the jokes and the humor. This movie is actually, well, to me at least, funny. And... I can feel Dead Man just be like go talk talk about anything else, anything other than Boss Baby. It's Please. partially that. It's partially something we'll be talking about in news. Oh yay! Um, so I'm gonna move on from Boss Baby to something that I didn't expect to be a pile of crap. Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. <laughs> I'm that kid who grew up wanting to be Santa. I love the look of joy on a person's face when you give them a present. Even if they already know what it is, it's like a, oh, I can't believe you actually got this for me moment. I love that look. Like, that for me is, like, Christmas to me is all about making someone else happy. And this is my favorite time of year. I am that asshole who is walking down the halls in July singing Jingle Bells. That's me. I'm that asshole. Okay, one, fuck you. (laughs) And two, I'm going to be sending my PayPal information later should you come across any reason to possibly use that. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking about getting you something on Steam. If oh. I had money, I would have thought about maybe getting you something, too. No, you don't have to worry about it. It would have been dude. terrible, like, but it would have gotten you something, maybe. Dude, uh, seriously, I am all about giving gifts, not receiving. Well, um, dope. But Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas is crap. Is that the, one, is that the one where he has a harmonica? No, that's Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which is good. Okay. But Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Sorry, I'm is... not really up on my Disney like fucking cash in Christmas specials. Oh, it's so bad. Um, it's the framing device is like it's a story. Um, it's it's a storybook where they're telling multiple stories. 
So kind of like the first you one. Know, yeah, yeah. Which is an, it's a good frame device, framing device. Yeah, it worked for Nightmare. Where they go wrong is the messages in almost every fucking story. Okay, so the first one, Bells on Ice. Minnie and Daisy are doing an ice skating thing. Is that supposed okay. to be a joke on something or like a riff, a reference? I have no idea. But, um... I I called how this piece of shit was going to end from the beginning. And I'm going to tell you exactly why this pisses me off. Daisy jumps the gun and goes onto the ice while Minnie's doing her performance. And at this exact moment, I said, you assholes are both going to apologize to each other like Minnie did anything wrong. This pisses me off because I'm that guy who apologizes for everything. And I don't think Minnie had to apologize because Daisy's the one who invaded her fucking performance and made her wipe out. Okay. Ah! Then we get a good one. Christmas Impossible. Fuck you. Old Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Not the new ones. Not the actually interesting ones, but the old ones. You know, the ones just character, just the fucking copy-pastes. Yeah. Um, find out that Uncle Scrooge has always wanted to get on a Santa's good list. But he never did because he's a selfish asshole. So they plan to go to the North Pole and write their own names on the list because, well... They know they're not getting on the good list this year. Yeah, the best way to get on the good list is to pull off a fucking caper. So they break into the North Pole, destroy all of the presents, get uh, <laughs> like like are on the verge of being able to sneak into the list room, and then they they all look at each other and they're like, "We should fix this. <laughs> Even we're not this bad." So they oh. fix it. They they get everything packed up and prepped, and then they get into the list room at the last second, and here's the message. Instead of writing their own names, they wrote Uncle Scrooge's. Because Uncle Scrooge the one thing Uncle Scrooge wanted in the world was to get on the good list. And that's a good fucking message. Thinking of others before yourself. Yeah, but they still, but they still did. But crimes. the animation was terrible. The animation was fucking abysmal. The animation on all of these is horrendous. Well, yeah, it's CG Disney, but like, just the message is like, hey, put all this before yourself. Why are you committing crimes? Well, they uh, they apologized and fixed the crimes before, like, before putting his name on the list. They still did the crimes. Yeah, they did. But it's Santa, so he forgave them. It's like, them. yo, I burgled your house, but don't worry. I put everything back, and then also left you, like, five bucks. That's not a good lesson. Next, we've got Christmas Maximus. Ugh. Which is... Yeah. Yeah. These names are terrible. It's Goofy and Max, and Max is coming home from college with a girl. And the entire... Like, most of it is sung, which is interesting and well done, actually. Um, like, I actually, I really liked the music in this one. Is anybody's, is anybody's, um, like, fucking verse being introduced by, oh, gosh. I don't think so. But There's I don't Goofy. remember <laughs> On the beat? No. <laughs> it's actually a good, a good song. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's, the beginning is all about Max, like, dad, 
don't fuck this up, try to act like a normal human being instead of a one-man train wreck. And then at the end, it's him accepting, look, my dad is a one-man train wreck, but he loves me, I love him. That was the plot of a goofy movie. Yeah. So? (laughs) Christ. It was good, though. And then there's this one that made me mad. Donald's Donald's Gift was the title of this one. Uh, Donald has proceeded to have the shittiest day possible. All framed with We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Okay, so like, is it better keeps... or worse at the time it was a Nazi? Because I'm pretty sure the Nazi thing was also a Christmas special. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about that one. What, it's um, 2017. Nazis are relevant now. No. I am not talking about it. Oh, that made me sad. But, um, so he goes to the grocery store and is running to go catch his bus. And we wish you a Merry Christmas is playing. And he almost gets run over by said bus. And then the bus's, uh, bus's exhaust destroys his groceries somehow. Yeah, you know, dirty air ruins food. Well, it, like, explodes in fire, and that destroys his groceries. I don't know how an exhaust would de- explode in fire. Uh, it's back- a really shitty muffler. Backfire? Like, like that, that's a regular joke of, like, cars driving down the street. They fucking backfire. Everyone thinks his gun's going off. Yeah. And then he has to trudge through the snow to get home, where he finally gets to settle down in his chair with a cup of hot cocoa. And then Daisy and the triplets come in. And they all start treating him like shit for wanting to relax in his chair with a cup of hot cocoa instead of going to see the Mousies uh, display at the mall. The instead Mousies? of wanting to go to the fucking mall. Yeah, instead of Macy's, they say Mousies. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's dumb. What? Um, yeah, I said no. I said, yeah, no, it's dumb. We're moving on. <laughs> Don't. The, what? The... Is Mickey affiliated with it at all? Probably. I mean, he owns, like, all of the city. Yeah, it's just really weird, like, like, hey, Uncle Donald, stop being an asshole laying you, sitting in your chair with a cup of cocoa on this cold day. Go to your friend's mall to spend money with us. Fucking yeah! And then they, they drag him there. He go. He sees a cocoa stand. Goes to get some cocoa, and then starts going insane because he's heard the fucking "We wish you a merry Christmas" so much. I think it's "We wish you a merry Christmas." Well, to be it's, fair, it's, I hear you wish, I hear "We wish you a merry Christmas" once. I go fucking insane too. Yeah, but he, I so he's like he finally finds a quiet dark room to enjoy his cocoa. Accidentally hits a lever, and it turns out that it's the Mousie's display. That is playing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And of course, he's Donald Duck, so he has an angergasm and destroys everything. As you do. And then everybody looks at him and says, yep, you're the bad guy. You didn't want to come out here, so you're the bad guy. Like the family or everybody in the mall? The family, the mall, the cop. Everybody. Okay, so the mall and the cop. No one is understanding of his situation. The wall and the cop. The mall and the cop make a bit more sense because they don't know Donald Duck. His his nephews disown him. The nephews the, the nephews disowning him that makes 
If it was if it was modern day nephews, that would make sense. Because like Dewey seems like the kind of fucker who just like his uncle getting arrested. He's like, I don't know that guy. Dewey's the blue one. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lumi would probably be like, I don't know that guy either. Louis would, Louis would be gone, dude. Like the second <laughs> the cop shows up, Louis is like, I'm out, peace. But um, I'm gonna go get, final a, one I'm gonna go get a soda, just, motherfuckers. The final one's just kind of eh. Um, it's Mickey and Pluto. Pluto destroys Mickey's Christmas party, so Mickey punishes him. Uh, Pluto somehow winds up at the North Pole. The reindeers take him in. Mickey feels miserable. Asks Santa to bring Pluto back. Santa brings Pluto back. Yay. So, the moral of that story is... Don't worry if you did something wrong, everybody will forgive you anyway? Pretty much. The morals of this were pretty fucked. Yeah, the moral of the Donald Duck story is... Don't try to do anything for yourself ever. Don't try and look out for number one, Donald. Yeah, only um, Donald. Everybody else can do. Everybody else can do that, but Donald's specifically. Oh Christ! Yeah. All right. So that was that terrible Christmas special. Onto a slightly less terrible Christmas special. One I love, but I know that a lot of people hate. The Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, I could be talking about Jingle All the Way here. <laughs> yeah, you could, but no, that that laugh was more for Tim Allen, just himself. Have you? There's a video on the internet of uh, Jeff Gerstman from GiantBomb.com reading a, reading an excerpt from his from uh, Tim Allen's fucking autobiography. Don't stand too close to a naked man. Uh, I have no interest in reading that or. Standing too close to a naked Tim Allen, so yeah, d- don't worry I about have... it. Like that's, that's not the point. Like the the excerpt he reads is amazing. It is the it is the worst shit you've ever heard a person say. Oh, wonderful! I'll send you the clip. It's great. Okay. They take the book, tear it up, and put it inside a money booth. Okay. But anyway. I don't know how to go on from that. Um, Santa Claus. It's a huh. fine movie. It's nothing. It's nothing terrible, but I can I can watch the I can watch the Santa Claus and not hate it. Yeah, I actively enjoy the Santa Claus because, well, let's just say after watching that movie, I might have perched atop my roof once or twice, maybe, uh, hoping to see the uh, jolly old elf so that I could knock him off the roof and steal his clothes. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about that movie. Tim Allen and his kid accidentally, like, third-degree murder Santa Claus, then take his fucking shit. Because in in the movie logic, being Santa is a parasitic curse. Yeah, it is. Like, did you see the Honest trailer for Santa Claus? Yes, I did. Yeah, that is what well, well there is like one thing that bothers me about the honest trailer is he didn't pay attention to the actual text of the clause um and like accused the kid of planning on murdering his father no 
he can engineer a situation where he can no longer be Santa, which means his son can take over for him. There is no murder going on there. Well, that's assuming that Tim Allen ever wants to stop being Santa Claus. It's a pretty shitty gig. Yeah, but you like gotta he, deal with all those elves. Yeah, but he might want to do that forever, and then if and then if he does that, that kid's eventually going to try to murder his dad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the murder scenario is not that far fetched. I say about this about this fucking Tim Allen's children's movie. <laughs> yeah, murder not far fetched in a kids movie. Oh God, I feel dirty for saying that. <laughs> Thank you, Dead Man. No worries, that's what Thank I'm here you. for. Thank you for dashing dashing my Christmas spirit across the rocks. But that's no, you've all seen the, you've all either seen the Santa Claus or heard about it. I don't need to say really much anything about it. Yeah, this isn't um, the Santa Claus fa- 2 or the Santa Claus 3 where things get real bad. Uh, my favorite thing about it is, uh, well, just how many laws are broken by everyone but Tim Allen, and Tim Allen's the only one who actually gets punished for anything. <laughs> like, seriously, uh, the kid should not have been allowed to go into the courtroom by himself. That he, he has to be accompanied by an adult. That is the law. Um, Let's see, what else? Um. Oh, uh, Tim Allen did nothing to have his parental his visitation rights revoked. Um, the child was removed from a visitation period without, you know, the uh, permission of the courts. Uh oh, there was an unsolicited psychological meeting where Tim Allen was diagnosed against his will without any court ruling. Um. And pretty much the only thing that Tim is guilty of in this movie is second degree murder or manslaughter um, because he did not report the crime and uh, kidnapping, which isn't technically kidnapping because his visitation rights shouldn't have been revoked. Those are both pretty inti- those are both pretty not great crimes, dude. It's only it's only murder because he didn't report the crime because the body vanished and he thought it was a dream. So I kind of am willing to give him a pass on that one. And it's not really kidnapping because his visitation rights should never have been revoked. And any competent judge would have looked at the idiot who said, yeah, I'm going to revoke his visitation rights because he dresses up like Santa and said, yeah, no, fuck you. So, yeah, no, I'm going to be on the side of the, you know, supposed kidnapper for once. I want to get a lawyer on one of these podcasts and talk to him about shit like this. <laughs> They'd probably be like, yeah, uh, caveman, you're close, but no cigar. Yeah, like, maybe... Try to do this shit with your kids, okay? Okay. This might go bad for you. But anywho. Yeah, well, he did break the law because his visitation rights had been revoked, but any good lawyer would have been able to be like, yeah, his visitation rights shouldn't have been revoked. So. But they were, so he did kidnap his kid. He was breaking the law. He did kidnap his own child, yes. Outstanding. Everyone else. Everyone else is such a worse example of good person. The Santa Claus, a family picture. The family picture. 
That's all I've been watching. Okay, then. On the news, so first up, uh, the news that I was originally distracted by when we were talking about that fucking other thing. So, the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Ryan Reynolds has been cast as Detective Pikachu in the upcoming film, Detective Pikachu. And they thought this was a good idea? They thought it was an idea. Which it technically is, because it it's an idea. I that is. I. That's all I can really say. Just fucking. It's happening. You can't stop it. I can't stop it. Nobody could stop it. Everything's terrible. What a way to end the year. Yeah, so in news that sh- uh, moving on in news that shocked nobody, um Punisher got a season Punisher got announced for a season two. What shocked James. Yeah, James actually. James was so excited he had to text you. Yeah. Oh, we got a live action trailer. We got a trailer for that upcoming live action Battle Angel Alita movie. Yeah, that actually looks kind of entertaining. Also kind of terrifying. Because, uh, yeah, um, so Alita, it's based, so it's based on a manga, uh, and Alita in the movie is completely CG, including her face, with her big-ass anime eyes, and that is the most uncanny valley shit I've ever seen. Yeah, that's creepy. (laughs) I will admit wholeheartedly that part is, like, that is creepy. Just like Jesus Christ, it is terrifying. It's coming for my soul. Yeah. It's coming for my soul. Uh, We also got a trailer for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, a... An animated movie, an animated um, Spider-Man movie uh, focusing on Miles Morales, uh, which kind of expands out into the whole idea of the Spider-Verse. Yeah, because that needs to be a thing. I liked it when it was done originally, but they just kept doing it. Do you mean the Spider-Verse? Yeah, the Spider-Verse. That was actually one of the better things to happen with Spider-Man recently. That may be true, but I kind of don't I don't like the idea that he has a is that they they've basically built a multiverse around this one character. Well, no, there was already a multiverse around. There's already a multiverse period. They just put a focus on those guys. Like a lot of those characters existed beforehand. Anywho, yeah, the movie is. Uh, so far, we only have like initial animate, like an initial like animation test and some very initial voice acting, which I hope they change because the guy who voiced the guy who they had voicing Miles Morales in that is just a terrible voice actor. He, he delivered <laughs> one line that was delivered with all the fucking emotion of a fucking fish. It's just awful. But anima- animation wise, it was very choppy, but it feel like felt like a more proof of concept, like for style. 
And like stylistically, the movie looks fucking great. Good contribution. Good discussion. Uh, I don't on. know what to say. I barely know anything about Miles Morales. I'm not excited for really anything Spider-Man. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, Universal Theatrical Group, a theatrical arm of Universal, I guess, uh, is partnering up with Kristen Chenoweth to develop a Broadway, Broadway musical based off of the 1992 Robert Zemeckis film Death Becomes Her. Okay. For those who don't know, uh, the film Death Becomes Her uh, starred Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis. Uh, it was about Bruce Willis was like a was a mortician or something. Uh, he left his wife for Meryl Streep. Uh, his wife comes back and she looks fucking great. Turns out she's immortal because of some magic shit. Then Meryl Streep got it too, and both of them were hot and immortal. But then they both murdered each other and got super body fucked. Like Meryl Streep had a giant hole in her chest, and Goldie Hawn's neck was broken. So. Bruce Willis had to fucking use his mortician shit to make them look not dead. Okay. Uh, Chenoweth will be starring in the Meryl Streep role. And yeah, this is the weirdest fucking thing I've heard of lately. Well, it would have been before we get to what's hap- what's coming up soon in news. Oh, I just feel the love. Yeah, so, uh, Redbox, the disc dispensing kiosk things you find in you find beyond the checkouts in malls, is moving into the digital era because they realize it's not 1997 anymore. <gasps> no, who told them? Uh, I don't know. Probably was it you. No. no. Uh, so you. Uh, the service, which will be called Redbox on Demand, very original. Uh, we'll be offering a TV and movie, um, like movie and TV, uh, rental and just straight digital sales, uh, through Roku, iOS, Android, Google Chromecast, and Samsung smart TVs. Uh, they'll be offering two day rentals starting at around four bucks with, uh, just straight up, uh, buying the thing starting at nine bucks, starting at 10 bucks. Uh, there will, uh, be no Disney titles in it, though. Well, of course not. Yeah. Uh, Redbox trying to launch its own thing. Yeah, that's the whole fucking thing. Yeah, a whole fucking annoying thing. Yeah. Say if you, say if you don't own, if you don't, if you aren't already subscribed to fucking like 19,000 different fucking streaming services, here's another one to fucking sign up for. If you actually tolerate Redbox. Yep. And then finally, the recent Golden Globe nominee, The Boss Baby. Wait, you're joking, right? Nope. Oh, fuck. No. Is going to be getting a companion TV series on Netflix. No. 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 Call no. the boss baby back in business. No. The synopsis reads: Boss baby, with the help of his big brother and partner in crime, Tim, continues to navigate the cutthroat jungle gym of Baby Corp, while angling to achieve the near impossible: the work-life balance of a modern career baby. No. 
The series is set for release in 2018, uh, and it's being written and produced by Brandon Sawyer, who worked on Penguins of Madagascar. At least there's that. See, yeah. That's happening. Get ready, fuckers. You see what I meant when I said fucking we'll be talking about that shit? Fuck, goddammit. Ah, Jesus. God, those were news. That is painful. I need a minute to recover. New releases wise, as we got Star Wars. Yeah. And other stuff, but fuck that shit because Star Wars. Yeah. And then next week, that Jumanji movie. So here's the thing with that Jumanji movie. There are a bunch of reviews, earlier reviews out there, that are very positive. The movie currently has an 85% in Rotten Tomatoes. And even if all those reviews turn out to be right, and the movie is actually really good, I will actively campaign against this movie. Seriously, why? Because fuck this movie. Okay. Like I said, like I said it before. Like a uh, this is a similar kind of problem I had with uh, Kong Skull Island, but amplified more so. Okay. Because Kong Skull Island was just oh hey another King Kong thing. This is everybody reality is dead. Creativity is dead. But with this. This is not Jumanji. Nothing that we have seen so far or been told so far or that has been at all hinted at so far is Jumanji. No. But the movie is a sequel to Jumanji. It's a sequel? It's called Jumanji. I thought it was just like a remake or a demake or something. No, they find the board. Like, people find the board game in the 80s. Go like, what the fuck's a board game? Throw it next to their fucking Atari, and then the game becomes an Atari. Uh, My problem with it is, this doesn't feel like somebody thought, hey, let's do a Jumanji thing. What's next? Video games. This this feels like somebody had an idea for a for a pretty all right thing about video games. And then a studio executive said, make it Jumanji. This movie could be amazing. I will always tell you never to see, I'll always tell you, the folks at home, never to see it. I'll end up seeing it, and I will still tell everybody I can not to watch it. Only then it'll be because he doesn't want anybody else to have the joy of watching Jumanji. No, you want the joy of watching Jumanji, go watch the original Jumanji. You will not get the joy of Jumanji by watching something that is not Jumanji. Fuck, you want the joy of watching Jumanji? Go, if you want the joy of watching Jumanji, go watch Zathura. <laughs> That's a reference. It's not a reference. I'm just no, trying, I'm, I'm telling you the name of a movie. 
<laughs> no, I'm like, ah, never mind. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, but that Jumanji coming out doesn't matter because it comes out the week after Star Wars, so. Ah, that's not getting any money. No, it ain't. That movie's going to fail. But I guess they just didn't want it to come out in January. Because they thought it was good enough to survive. <laughs> uh, Someone's going to get fired over that decision. At least I hope they do. I hope it's not fired over the decision of when to release, but just fired over the movie, period. Yeah. Cool. So that's going to do for this week. And this year, I guess. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, so, the next Movies and TV podcast will be going up on Friday, January 12th, I believe. Uh, we'll, be returning, we'll be returning to regular podcasts uh, the week of January 8th. And given how the schedule works out, I believe that will be uh, the Comics and Movies Week. So, yeah, next Movies and Movies podcast should be going up on the 12th. We're taking our customary end-of-year break. Uh, we still have next week podcasts, uh, which is games and anime, if you're interested in those. In between now and that stuff, though, they got shit coming out, like I just met, like I just said, and then we're going on a two-week break. Still, all that stuff, though, I'm dead. I'm caveman. Sorry, this wasn't more special. <laughs>